Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And Matt is still on assignment. He's been he's his been, assignment's coming to a close. Yes, we promise. it is. <laughs> and this is episode twenty three for the week of August the twenty fifth, two thousand and seventeen. Uh, and Adam, it's great to be back in the podcast studio with you. Uh, summer's ending. Yes, thank goodness. Regular schedules are returning. Uh, the kids are back in school, and life is returning to normal. So you can expect weekly podcasts at least on at least a much more regular basis than what it has been over the summer. So Matt is alive. I can point that out. I've yes. seen him. I've talked to him. <laughs> He's not a ghost. He's not a hostage somewhere. We can provide proof of life if you're worried that we've killed Matt. No, we have not. No. So, so what's been happening? What's been going on over the last few weeks, Adam? Uh, summer news has been kind of slow. DC is falling apart. DC cinematic universe. Oh no. There's no good answer. Like I was waiting today to see some confirmation one way or the other. The last 48 hours have been crazy in case you haven't seen anything. Matt Reeves gave an interview that seemed to indicate that the Batman is not part of the universe. Casey Affleck then gave an interview and said his brother's not in it. Okay. So they've now retracted, but they've not said for sure one way or other. Is, oh, my gosh. Is the Batman part of the universe? Is it going to be Ben Affleck? I, for those of you listening to the podcast, I'm just shaking my head in bewilderment. It, yeah. it just continues to spiral down worse. And their their marketing department or their PR aren't jumping on it. They're just letting these rumors happen. They're not making any clear statements what's happening. And then even worse, they've now announced a Joker origin movie. Yes, Roger's face tells me he didn't know this news. Joker's getting his own origin movie. And then they're making a Joker and a Harley Quinn movie. Oh, my gosh. And then Harley Quinn is going to be in... Do you just kind of get the feeling that they just keep throwing stuff out there, hoping something will stick? There's no clear plan. They don't. They can't even get a director for Suicide Squad 2. <laughs> I mean, they, they can't find anyone. No one's either uh, taking up the mantle or... So, I, if you're a DC fan, I am a DC fan. It's It's frustrating. Yeah. No, Adam, we didn't talk about this. I, I have to change gears because I can't talk about DC any longer. Can we Can we move on from DC? I'm just I'm about done with him. One, one more bit, thing. One okay. bit of good news. Yes. Lex Luthor has been cut completely out of Justice League by Joss Whedon. Thank you. No Jesse Eisenberg for okay. us. Okay. That works for me. That's a good cut. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> All right. What's your thing? Okay. You said something. This is our Thursday night movie night. We we go to the got to eat and then we go see a movie. We're standing in the lobby before we go in, and there was a spirited debate about movie years, but we're not going to get into that. But you made a comment, and I didn't ask permission to bring this up on the air, but I'm going to do I, it. I don't remember what I said. I'm going to do it anyway. You said this might be the very best weekend to go to the movies this year. This year, this is the best weekend of the year to go to the movies. So for those of you that are listening to this podcast thinking, Adam, are you nuts? What do you mean? This is summer. You know, football's getting ready to start back up. Nobody goes to the movies in mid to late August. You know, Um, what's your argument for this being, this weekend being the very best weekend to go to the movies? The reason I said that is if you were to step foot in a theater this weekend in Columbus, I, I just look locally. These are the movies that you could just pick and see. So right now, playing in Columbus is Logan Lucky, Dunkirk, Wind River, Spider-Man Homecoming, Wonder Woman is back in 70mm, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. It's doing another run. Baby Driver, Good Time, War for the Planet of the Apes, Ingrid Goes West, The Big Sick, uh, Detroit, and I I did say Wind River. Yeah, so there's 11 movies there. Like, you're you're more likely going to pick something really good than not. Well, well, of those 11, there's about four that I have not seen, but I've heard great things about all four of those. The other seven I have seen, and they're all C+, B, or higher-graded movies, in my opinion. I, I think, you know, when you said that, I thought, really? I thought, this is the best weekend of the year to go to the movies, but... Just from what's in the theater, I can't argue with your logic. It is the if you want to go see a good movie, and you don't go very often, and you're just going to throw a dart and see whatever it lands, you're probably going to get a good movie. This is a really unusual August that way. There's been no real blockbusters because Dark Tower came out and flopped. Yep. There wasn't much counter programming against it, but it's a lot of great indie stuff coming out and some heavier award movies like Dunkirk and Detroit this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Cold River. Well, Cold River. 
Wind River. Wind River. The movie's very cold, temperature-wise, when you're watching the frigid barrens of Wyoming. But, yes, so, I mean, there's a lot of great choices, and I I don't know that a weekend is going to top this one all year. Well, we'll have to see. I know we'll make a note of it and see see where we are. So, awesome. Is there anything else happening with uh, with life in general? You see anything on the small screen that you're excited about? Not excited. I do have to talk about this. Okay. Some friends and I have a not a bet. It's a conscription process that once each year, each person can conscript the other two to have to do something. Without fail, you have to do it or your honor is, you know, you're lower than a dog. So Chris, for whatever reason, because he thinks it's funny, has conscripted us to watch Iron Fist on Netflix. Oh, that he's that's mean. I've made it through three episodes. They're very hard to get through. This is by far the worst I've seen out of television Marvel. And I got seven more to go. I I couldn't finish it. I made it to episode four. He said episode four is the worst. And I threw in the towel. Episode yeah. four is where I threw in the towel and said I can't do it any longer. So I have to finish it. Now, do you have any interest? I know this is small screen, but it's the Marvel Universe. Do you have any interest in the Defenders? Yeah, I do. I want to see the Defenders, but okay. now I'm holding off. Because I know some stuff from Iron Fist ties in there. So I'm going to struggle through Iron Fist. It's a struggle, brother. I know. <laughs> I had seven more hours of it. But I will persevere. Yep. I will make it through, and then at least I get to watch The Defenders, which I've heard some good things about. Yeah, I have, too. I haven't seen The Defenders yet, either. And it's only six episodes, I think. Six or eight. Yep. About the only small TV that I get to watch is Game of Thrones. and That's about- that's not small TV, my friend. But that's big TV, so, yeah. Small screen, but I guess that's all relative because we watch it on 60-inch screens, you know? So, Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our just, hey, what's been happening? When we come back, we're going to review our Thursday night movie night movie, which is Wind River. You're listening to The Film Coterie. My family's people were forced here, stuck here for a century. That's snow and silence. It's the only thing that hasn't been taken from them. I need emergency assistance. The Wind River Indian Reservation. I'm Jane Banner, FBI. That's Corey Lambert. He's the one who found the body. Didn't you people get the memo that it's it's spring? <laughs> Welcome to Wyoming. How far do you think someone could run barefoot out here? I knew that girl. She's a fighter. <laughs> This is a homicide. You're driving this fed around. That's what they asked me to do. Not what I'm doing. Then what are you doing? I'm a hunter. What do you think I'm doing? All right, and we're back. And uh, as you know, Thursday night we go to the movies, we watch a movie, and then we report on that movie. And tonight was this was not an independent film. Um, but it was maybe not a big blockbuster film. It was Wind River. And Wind River is the story of an FBI agent who teams with the town's veteran game tracker to investigate a murder that occurred on a Native American reservation. Uh, It's directed by Taylor Sheridan, uh, who also wrote it, and it stars... Uh, Kelsey Asbel, Asbel, maybe? Jeremy Renner, which we should know from the Marvel Universe, Julia Jones, and one of the Olsen girls, right? You got, I couldn't believe that. I didn't recognize yeah, her in the movie. Ashley. Ashley Olsen. So. The Scarlet Witch. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's where I had recognized her from, not from the, the TV show, but Wind River. Adam, thoughts? Did you like Wind River? Um you know, is there more to the setup of this movie for our listening audience, you know, to, to let them know? It's set in Wyoming. It's very cold. A lot of snow. A lot of snowmobiling. Um, Jeremy Renner plays um, He plays a hunter, a tracker who works for the game. His, he plays a character named Corey Lambert who works for the game Wildlife Reserve. You know, he's kind of like takes care of uh, – he hunts down predators that threaten local livestock. And, um, yeah, so what'd you think of the movie? And, you know, what other details, you know, could we say without spoiling the movie? Sure. To set it up, this is a 
thriller first, murder movie second. Mystery murder movie, I would say. I would agree with that, yes. What got me intrigued in this project was the writer, Sheridan, and the director in this one. Because uh, some of his previous works include Sicario and Hell or High Water, which are both great films. Hell or High Water was in my top ten. Yeah, yeah and Sicario is, might end up in my top ten for this decade. Wow. It's still early to tell, I know, but, I mean, Sicario is that good in my book. So, it's it's like I said, it's a thriller murder mystery in Wyoming. Um, it's a decent preview. It doesn't give much away because the setup is so simple. You have a dead body in the wilderness. Yep. And you got to figure out snow, how, out how it middle, happened. Out, out in the middle of nowhere in the snow. Yep. Not many characters in the movie. Um, it's pretty straightforward. But what I, I did like about this movie compared to some others, because, all right, in movies like this, if it's a Hollywood formula script, you get some pretty weird clues. A puzzle piece, you know, you know, it leads you to the next puzzle right. piece, leads yeah, you oh to the yeah. next. Yep. This investigation, to me, felt real. The evidence they gathered, the people they talked to. Yep. It wasn't a lot of just strange clues leading to a next one and maybe a false lead. It, it felt like a, at least an authentic investigation for how they're getting their information and where it led them. And it's a tense movie. It is. Yeah, I'm going to say right off the bat that, bat that I really liked the movie a lot. Um, it's just great. I didn't, I didn't know anything, not one thing about this. Yeah. Movie. You went in absolutely cold. Absolutely. I had not seen a preview, nothing. Um, I looked up the cast when you, when you, you sent out the text today, here are four movies. We can go see what do you want to see. And we all vote the group of us that goes. And I put this number one and I'm so glad that I did. I mean, I just, you know, the other three would have been okay too, but I really, really liked this movie. This movie really impacted me emotionally on a lot of levels too, you know? Um, and I haven't had that kind of experience at the movie theater in a long time. You know, it's a very well crafted movie, very well done, very well put together. Um, the opening scene of the movie, what I thought was great. You know, you, you see, um, yeah, you see what, 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 you know, normally you just come upon the body or whatever, but you see this happen. I mean, the opening shot is the girl running, you know? And, uh, from that opening shot, the music and everything just kind of really set the tone. I mean, within five minutes, I'm drawn into this movie and I, and I'm not going to sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm full bore paying attention. I'm realizing, Oh, we're about to really, there's potential to really see something here, you know? And I think it delivers. I really, really does. There's only one little audio glitch that took me out and you guys said you didn't even notice it. And so maybe it was just me. Um, just a small little audio glitch where it could have just been the theater we were in kind of deal. But I really, really liked the movie. I liked it a lot. I, I, it was very well crafted, great tension as they try to peel the pieces, you know, of this movie together. There is a, the Olsen girl plays an FBI agent who's from Fort Lauderdale, Florida raised, and then ends up in Las Vegas and then, from there, she ends up. She was the closest one to that, to the to the reservation. And you know, you have a very unique dynamic because you have the Native American reservations and their own police force, their own their own society, their own country, kind of literally their own, you know, law enforcement and everything. And then you have the. Um, the, the the white Americans and their in the civilized society, which J- Jeremy Renner played the hunter that worked for the National Wildlife and Game, Game and Fish, yeah, the Game and Fish Department, and then you had the FBI agent played by Olson who has federal, you know, so there's this unique triangle of over, overlapping uh, districts and who's the boss and who's the you know that kind of thing that I really liked and. And you really hit it on the hit the head hit the head of the nail there when you said this really seemed like a realistic, not shot realistic, not shot like documentary style, but like very naturalistic acting, you know. And it was just so good. I I just think Jeremy Renner was just great, and uh, all the acting. You know, Graham Greene, who's been in every, uh, he's played a Native American dozens of times as the older native american sheriff you know he's played i mean all the way back to dances with wolves you know he's been in everything you know who who brings a unique presence you know in the in, in and of itself and uh 
I don't know. I'm talking a lot, but I just really, really like this movie. They do a good job. I mean, it was, I don't know that it was shot in Wyoming. It was shot in the North. Yeah. It's definitely on location. The environment, the reservation, all that is a character to this movie. Yeah. It's very important how cold it is up there and everything else. And it's a different, it's a different setting for this murder mystery because, you know, it's on a reservation. Things are a little different there. Yes. But I thought it was very respectful. Absolutely. In the way it handled the Native Americans and, and they're just, there were no stereotypes here. You know, you always worry a little bit that maybe it'll go too far with something, but all the characters were real. They did a good job balancing them all out, and you see them reacting with outsiders where Jeremy Renner's the middleman. Yes. They welcome him as one of their own because his, his family is part Native American. He's been there for dozens of years. Yeah. So, I mean, they handled all that really well. Unique setting. And like all the other stuff he's done, like there was no fat on the hell or high water script. Yeah. There's nothing you would cut. Yep. I'd have to think about it some more, but this felt the same way. This was pretty lean. I don't know the actual runtime, but it felt right. It didn't feel long. It didn't feel short. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't see it listed here on IMDb, but it didn't. Oh, uh, hour and no hour and 47 minutes okay yeah it's under two hours and it's it, i mean it feels right it doesn't i thought I, it was very well cut i don't think it, there's it, any there's no false leads there's no real extraneous material that really gets in the way of the story they're yeah. telling and it has this um this pacing to it that is really good it's not fast but it's not slow they keep moving along with things and there's not a lot of action but there's great tension created all through this movie and then there's one really intense action scene toward the end of the movie, and, and toward the end of the movie, and you get a good payoff from it, you know. Um, and it's got room for character development. They develop the characters pretty naturally. Yep. They don't fall into these tropes of there has to be a romantic interest and in, or anything else, or someone has a secret identity. Yeah. They skip all that, so and, the the movie pacing allows for these characters to develop. And one of the themes, and I guess. Well, well, okay, before we get into themes in the movie, let's talk about what were your thoughts about acting performances. Let me just run down through here. Um, uh, at the top, you've got Natalie, which was uh, Kelsey, the girl that, that met her, her demise or whatever. Um, she's seen in flashback scenes and stuff. Solid, did you think hers was... Yeah. was yeah. yeah, I mean, she's very naturalistic. Okay. Jeremy Renner, who played the, who played the fishing guy, you, good. Yeah, you get a Western vibe from him. Uh, you probably picked up on that. He's yes, he's in a, a guy with a lot of honor, but he also wants to see the right thing done. So his moral code runs a little different to the law, but he's the hero that you root for in these type of movies, you know, for justice to be done. Yep. Then the two prominent Native Americans, Graham Greene, who's been around forever. The other one, and I'm I, please forgive me, but it's Apisanaquat. That's how his name is listed. I can't help you with that. The guy with the blue and white, you yeah. know, the, the the dad, him and Jeremy Renner share tragedy, and that's a theme I want to talk about a little bit later. But I thought he, I thought it portrayed. How do I say this? I, I don't want to get real emotional on the podcast, but you know, I did a conference earlier in the year where I was a speaker at a conference in uh, Winnipeg, Canada, just north of where this movie was filmed in Canada with the Cree Nation Indians, okay? About a dozen or so of the indigenous people there came together for this conference, and a lot of the themes that were in this movie, um, I heard firsthand from these people. Um, the idea of, there was one line that the father, Apisanaquat, who played Dan, Cro Dan Crowhart was his character name, there was one line that probably was a throwaway line to 90% of the people in the theater that hit me like a ton of bricks when he said, um, this is my war paint. And he goes, you really, how do you know that? And he said, I don't, there's no one left to teach me. You know, I just made this stuff up cause I'm, he needed to express, he was grieving so much for the loss of his daughter that he needed to express his heritage, but he couldn't cause he, there's no one left to teach that heritage, you know? And so many of the Cree nation people that I talked to, really struggle today how do we keep our heritage because it's being just sucked away from us you know and so my heart really went out when i could see that reflected in a very naturalistic 
non-stereotypical way. And then he made some comment. He said, you know, after a few minutes, the uh, Dan Crowhart said, well, I got to go get my son. I guess I'll go wipe this shit off and go, you know, and go uh, get him. It's like he, he's he, he's in and out of, am I, you know, it's, I don't know how to say it. He He's, it, there's that duality in his thinking, you know, because two cultures have, have, mm-hmm. have melded together, you know, and uh, no, it was really good. I mean, really, really good. So I don't I just I like the movie a lot. I was just really impacted by it. Yeah, and I mean we're we're only two thirds of the way through the year, but for award nominations, I mean I'm not going to be shocked if Renner gets nominated. I'm not either. And this goes up on a best screenplay, a best original screenplay. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, Renner does a good job here because his character has a painful backstory, and he carries it. You well, you buy it, you know he he way he acts the way he talks to people yeah and especially when he wants to help people go in with grief he's someone who's not only went through it he recognized the power that of was, that was a powerful scene of going to get help himself and realizing you know maybe he struggled too much with it without asking for help yeah so i mean he he gave a very good talk survivor to survivor well that you, you rarely see in these movies yeah and you know <clears throat> You know, one of the things that so moved me with that scene, and, and if it gets into spoilers, I'm just sorry, but, you know, it, it just is what it is. You know, he had a, he had a loss of a, of a daughter, and then, you know, he discovered this girl who was killed who happened to be best friends with his daughter. And so here are two men, one Native Native American, one just just a country guy, white guy from Wyoming or whatever, and they both lost a daughter, and the advice he gives him, he says, listen, you know, the only way you're going to be able to cope with this is to embrace the pain of it. It ain't going to get better. You're, you're going to be forever changed. And so that gets me to the whole theme. Once again, here we are, we're dealing with grief as one of the themes. And I mean, it seems like every time we turn around, go to the movies, we're dealing with the theme of grief, you know, and uh, how do we process those emotions? Did you, you know, what do you think about that, Adam, as far as, one of the predominant themes um, there, there's other themes as far as cultures interacting with one another. What is, was there other things that stuck out to you or thoughts that direction about some of the themes of, uh, of wind river? Well, I mean, you're seeing part of their civilization decay and it's through some other interferences, drugs, alcohol. I mean, you know, things that we know that are happening on these yes. reservations. Yep. And that's a it's a sobering statistic too when you realize that there's just no real police authority up there. there in this movie, there's six deputies covering an area the size of Rhode Island. You know, people go missing. There's bad weather outside. You get drunk, yeah. you wander outside, <clears throat> you get buried under the snow. Yep. And they just they don't really know what's going on up there. At least for some people going missing and everything else like that. That's just you know it's a hard life up there. Yeah, absolutely. So other thoughts about Wind River. Any any uh, any final thoughts here as we kind of come to the end of this segment? So stacking this up against Sicario, stacking this up against Hell or High Water, this is the only movie of the three that kind of has a mystery to it. You know, who done it? Right. How is this going to unfold? And because of that, and this was something one of our other friends pointed out, of the three, this might be the least rewarding to rewatch. You would enjoy the performances, you'd enjoy the story, but having known now what happened, you know, I, I don't know that this would be a particularly rewarding movie to revisit. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, I'd like to watch it, I think, again, just to um, evaluate and appreciate the performances to see if I missed some subtle cues in some of the acting. Um, I, I definitely don't need to watch it again for narrative sake, yeah. you know? Um, but I, I think I will probably, uh, this will go in my library and I'll probably, you know, show the family, you know, show Rhonda and, and, and them, let them watch it and see what they think too. So, yeah. Uh, it is rated R. We try to tell people how these things are rated. It is pretty violent. Yeah. Um, there's some horrific stuff that happens, so that R is well earned in this movie at least. Yeah. I mean, there's difficult material here without getting into it. Yeah, it's 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 there's some tough stuff here. But it's a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, so you know we really can't technically vote. Matt's not here, but if you if you were going to vote, would you give this a thumbs up? Yes, I would recommend it. Yep, and I I would too. That would be two of us for sure. So, okay, well that's going to wrap up Wind River. Um, as far as Adam and Roger are concerned, go see it. It's worth worth seeing. And check out the other stuff. If you've not seen Hell Hell or High Water, you've not yes. seen Sicario. Yeah, I think correct I, that this weekend. I know Hell or High Water. I think it was in my top three. I can't remember where it landed. I know it was in my top five of movies last year. And wow, whew, this was this this probably going to end up high on the list as well too. So, um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, yes, our July movie grade is coming out. I know it's a little late. Hey, we're getting it done in August, so it still That's counts. That's right. So we're getting it done in August. When we come back, we're going to grade all the movies we've seen in July. So hopefully, you'll find something you want to go see. You're listening to The Film Coder. You will be right back after the music. July has come to a close quite a while ago, but here we are, and it's time to do our movie grades for the month. Um, it's just Roger and I this evening, and in typical movie grade fashion, we're going to start from the bottom. Yep. So we will list off movies we think deserve an F and move up to the A's. So, Roger, I'll start with you. Did you have any movies in the month of July that earned an F from you? As surprising as this may sound, no, I did not have any Fs. I know you, you probably thought there might be one for certain on here. I did. For you, I was going to predict, I know one movie that's going to be an A for you, and I, I thought I knew one that was going to be an F. I'll just say it probably got a D. I do have a D. Yeah. <laughs> how, right, about well, you, how about you? Did you have any Fs? I do not. Not, not one F. There you go. So we're in agreement. Now, let's just, fair, I have five movies on my list. And how many did you end up with? Eleven. So so that just tells you who's the real professional here. <laughs> That's Adam. <laughs> okay. So no Fs. We'll move on to Ds, and I'll start. I gave a D to Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, or Planet of a Thousand Cities or whatever. City of a Thousand Planets. I did too, yeah. I gave Valerian a D. Only reason it did not get an F uh, was because the few times I really could connect to the movie, I thought it was very visually beautiful and good to look at. And just for that alone, I can't fail the movie. There was one, you know, if I look at the big five, directing, acting, cinematography, special effects, um, score, music score, those are kind of my big five. You know, th to get an F, it has to hit... F on all of those for me. So just for the visual effects, I give it, those were probably B plus, A minus. The rest of the movie was an big F. Yeah. Yeah, and that's similar to my thinking. I I love the art design. I love some of the originality here. I, yeah, I want to reward original pulp sci-fi. Yep. yep. But the two leads, they're in F country. Completely miscast. The plot is in F country. I agree totally. So, I mean, it, it danced on the edge, but its grace and its art and the way it appeared, I, I, and bumped, I, it. I bumped it I'm up. I'm like you. I want to support original sci-fi, you know, this kind of content. I, I want them to try again. Better script, better actors. Yes. Okay. We're moving on to C, The Average. The average movie. So what? How many I, C's did you I have? I have one C. Yeah, I have one C, and um, it's probably C plus B minus. I went back and forth, but it's Atomic Blonde. It didn't wow me, didn't blow me away, but I didn't hate it either. Um, so I thought, yeah, it's it's you know it's average. It was good. You know, it was okay. So I put Atomic Blonde as a solid C, maybe C plus. Okay. I have three C's. Okay. First one is a movie I don't think you've heard of. Kuso. I have not heard of with Kuso. A, with a K, not Kubo. Kuso. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. It's on Shudder. 
it's sort of an anthology. I didn't think it was an anthology seeing the trailer. It's just a very strange movie. Okay. Some Monty Python-esque crazy animation and lots of... It's like a Tim and Eric movie. Um, I was excited to see it, and it just didn't work at all for me. Yeah. Okay. So Fair enough. Kuso got to see Brigsby Bear. I saw this movie last night. I was pumped to see it. I mean, the word out of Sundance is pretty good. Have you seen the preview for it? I ha- I watched the trailer, and I I walked away thinking, "Wow, that's really different." Yeah, it is different. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't tell. Is this post apocalyptic? Is it like complete allegorical satire kind of black comedy? I just couldn't. I could not put my finger on what this movie was. So, is it science fiction? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. You know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He he's raised by people that kidnapped him. Yeah. He only watches Brigsby Bear. And as an adult, Children's Services finally shows up and frees him. So he comes back into society and he's obsessed with Brigsby Bear, this creation, and he tries to make it. So this movie it it didn't really work for me because it it felt like the heart to it was kind of fake. Okay. It feels genuine at times, but there's just no real soul to it. And it's just about a guy trying to make stuff, and I, I didn't connect to it. Same thing with Dave Made a Maze, which is an August movie. It's about creation. It's about trying to finish something. But there was just, it's just all flash, no real substance. Sure. So I gave it a C. And then you and have one more? One more, To the Bone. It's a Netflix movie <clears throat> about a girl with an eating disorder going to a kind of a radical treatment center run by Keanu Reeves playing a doctor. It's okay. Perfectly fine. I mean, this, this, I have no knocks against this movie, but I can't also praise it. There's nothing super good here. Right. But hey, for Netflix viewing, it's perfectly fine, yeah. so it gets the C. Okay, excellent. All right, Bs. Let's go see how many Bs you got. I have one B. Oh, man. That means A's are top-heavy for you. Uh, yes, they are this this month. And it's uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I gave a solid B+. Plus. Uh, I enjoyed it, liked it a lot. I was not expecting a whole lot, to be honest with you. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it or wasn't expecting to be like, oh, this is great, you know, woo, another Marvel movie. Um, <clears throat> I, I loved the way they started and opened the movie and tied it into uh, the extended universe uh, and liked the movie overall. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I agree with you on that one. I gave Spider-Man a B. Uh, above average, they did a good <laughs> job bringing him into the Marvel fold. But nothing we haven't seen before. Yeah. At least as far as comic yeah, book movies go. Yeah, but I mean, very enjoyable. Great. Yep. It's the perfect, not perfect, but it is, a, it is a very good example of a summer popcorn, enjoy, check your brain at the door, and just have fun, ride, and enjoy the movie. Well, like I said, it's middle Marvel. Yeah. You know, it's right in the middle of the pack. It's perfectly fine. Yep, absolutely. Atomic Blonde, I gave a B. Okay. The reason I bumped it up from a C is the unique setting, Cold War. You know, well done there. I really like the soundtrack. There's a lot of unique stuff here. It also fumbles around a bit. The ending is bad. Yes. It's not building up a franchise. <laughs> That's the only thing that didn't get me, get it higher for me was the ending of the movie. But the action was really well shot. Very well shot. So yes. It got a B for me. Okay. Awesome. And, and the last one is Lady Macbeth. I want to see this. I want you to see this. Movie I want to see I'm this. I'm curious what you think. Yes. The way they pitched it is this would be like if Alfred Hitchcock directed Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Which is it's not a Hitchcock movie. Uh, you know, okay, I'm going to say it right now. Any of you who've listened to my one TFC Classics episode, don't be throwing around Alfred Hitchcock because that's yeah. going to raise the bar, really. I've seen a ton of Hitchcock. Yeah. So don't. It, it, you know, I'm not saying you're doing that. But no, I'm I, saying, would, I would not you know, on this one. If you're going to, oh, it's like if Alfred Hitchcock was, no, people throw out Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock when something's a little bit strange, a little different. Alfred Hitchcock was super genius. Okay, let's uh, move on. So it's a it's a stable boy falls in love with the lady the house type of story that takes some twists and turns and just very well done minimal movie but I really liked it I saw yeah. it at overlook I really want to see it too All right that brings us to the A's I have two two A's I have four Whoa get out of here Well the first one of course <clears throat> and if you've listened to any of our podcasts you're going to know what my two A's are is War yep. War for the Planet of the Apes I thought was fantastic, solid, solid. One of the best movies of the summer. 
hands down some of the best computer special effects I've ever seen in a movie. And I really think um, the guy that did the mocap, um, his name just left me. Andy Circus. Andy Circus should get nominated. If he does not get nominated for an Oscar, I'm just going to be so disappointed. Uh, or they should create a, a category for him or something. I don't know. It's just great acting. It's just great acting. So War for Planet of the Apes, A plus for me. I agree with you. I'll just put it mine in. I also picked War for the Planet of the Apes to get an A. I mean, the biggest milestone this covered for me is that we cared about pixels. These are fictional pixelated yes. creatures, CG, and you cared about them. I mean, that didn't happen in Avatar. Did you really care about the no, Navi? Nope. Nope. Did not. Did you care about the Gungans in Star Wars? No, I did not. Actually, I think I... Maybe it counts if you despise them. You're sort yeah, of caring. Yeah, I so. guess so. Maybe a little bit. But yeah, I... This is a movie series, especially the last two, that you just forget you're watching CG. You get involved in these characters, and you do end up caring for them. Well, what really sells me on this movie was the statement you, the question you asked me when we walked out of the theater, because it was the exact same thing I was thinking. I don't know if you remember it or not. We were walking out of the theater, and you look over at me, and you go, that was a really good movie, wasn't it? And I'm like, that was an awesome movie, man. Because I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking... Holy mackerel, I fell in love with special effects characters. You know what I mean? Just oh, just a great movie. It's It's got Western vibe. Well, we did a whole podcast on it. Yeah, our feelings are well known oh, at this point. Very good. That whole, that trilogy, all three of those films, with, I can honestly say it, the first one being the weakest of the three. Yeah, they got better each time. They were better each time. And you never see that in a trilogy. But the last one, except for maybe maybe Lord of the Rings, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the last one was the best one. I'll jump in and give my next A because I know it's on your list. And it's Dunkirk. Newest film by Chris Nolan. Technical masterpiece. I mean, he's just... And there's no one else making movies like Chris <coughs> Nolan does. This is a very tense, tight movie. It's the shortest he's ever made. And uh, I can't say enough good things I, about that. It's just ditto over here. Everything you said is exactly right. He is a master craftsman. He 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 says, well, I, I'm always known for doing uh, really long movies. Okay, I'm going to make a really super tight, what was it, 90 minutes or something movie. And it is just a masterpiece of craftsmanship from the beginning. Love the movie. It's almost an hour shorter than the Transformers that came out this summer. Oh, well, don't get me started. But yes. So Dunkirk, solid A for me. I would highly recommend it as well. Ghost Story. I gave an A to, and I know you haven't seen it yet. I want to so bad. Not enough time. Without sounding snobby, there's movies and there are films. I like okay. them both. Okay. I'm up. I'm there for the popcorn movies. I'm, I'm very happy to just turn off my brain and watch. But at the same time, some art house films speak to me. I like what they do. I like to think about things. I don't need everything laid out. Ghost Story is a very interesting meditation on just our place in the universe and time and so many bigger themes. And it seems to grow on people. I know a couple people. I actually engaged in a Facebook conversation with one guy that his wife really liked it and he didn't. This wasn't for him. But then he, he said, I, I've been thinking about it for days. Yep. And his opinion changed. So it's one of those movies that just drills uh, its way into your brain and you think about it. I can't wait to go see it. So you have to wait for video now. I, I think it's out of all the theaters. I know. Uh, there might be some second runs around. I might still get to catch it. I don't it. know that it's a second run movie. No, it's not. It's too independent. Yeah. yeah. This last one's going to surprise you. Okay. I don't even know if you know about this movie. The final A I'm giving out this month is to Landline. Okay. It's a... Not even a romantic comedy, just a family dramedy. Okay. Is how I would pitch it. But the reason I was interested to see this right? is I really like the first pairing between Jenny Slate, the actress, and this director who's uh, Julian Robespierre. Robespierre. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know the last name. Sure. And they did Obvious Child, which is really good. And this movie is set in the 90s. And it's weird to think of 90s being retro. I've heard of this movie now that I'm looking at it. Yes. It's just two sisters getting back together. One's in high school. One is out in the real world. And the real world girl's kind of collapsing. She doesn't want to get married, so she comes home. And uh, 
I just really liked it. It's, it's a very Eddie, it's got Eddie Falco in yeah, it. John great cast. Yeah. yeah. Yep, absolutely. Jenny Slate is the secret weapon in both of these movies, and she's playing different characters, but this is just a very well-done dramedy. There's no big stakes. It's just a family kind of getting through life. Yeah, it looks good. Absolutely. So those are our movie grades. Okay. Uh, July was pretty damn good. I would have to agree with you, man. Great. I had one D, one C, one B, and two A's, so... Yeah. I had four A's, three B's, three C's, and a D. So you you were very top heavy with your yeah, yeah you yeah absolutely yeah seven of the movies were A or B. Wow! All right, that's going to wrap up our movie grade. We'll see how the month of July stacks up at the end of the year. Yeah, with all the other months, is it was it the best month to go to the movies? We'll find out coming the end of the year. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, our second movie of the night, which has been out a little bit but we haven't had a chance to talk about it, is the horror thriller uh, adapted from uh, Stephen King's Stephen King's novel, a, a series, Western horror, kind of, I don't know how you would, how do you describe fantasy. it? Fantasy horror, Sci-fi. fantasy Western, The Dark Tower. So when we come back, we're going to review it. You are listening to The Film Coterie. For thousands of generations, the gunslingers were knights. Want to protect us from the coming of the dark. These visions, as you call them. What do you see? I see a tower. The man in black. And the gunslinger. They're just dreams. They're not real, Jake. There's another world out there. All right, we're back, and we have a much delayed review of the Dark Tower. It's still it's still main pre, pre, premiere in the in the theaters, right? It's still playing at all the cineplexes. Yeah, I mean, it may be playing in the afternoon. I mean, it this movie has tanked, at least in the box office. It. It made the very much ironic $19 million opening so, weekend. 19 is a very important number in the Dark Tower universe. So it was only fitting it made $19 million. So so for those of the, those few people out there listening who have no clue what the Dark Tower is, um, you want me to read the description of the movie? or you just wanna... I'm curious because I know what the Dark Tower is, and this movie was different. Yes, it was. Here's how IMDb uh, describes the Dark Tower. The last gunslinger, Roland Dachshin, has been locked in an internal batter with Walter Odim, also known as the Man in Black. Determined to prevent him from toppling the Dark Tower, which holds the universe together. With the fate of the worlds at stake, good and evil will collide in the ultimate battle as only Roland can defend the tower from the Man in Black. So that sounds like the book. Sounds just like the book, doesn't it? Now, I had not read this book for a number of years. I read it. I, I read, never, it, in hi- I read I, it in high school. Okay. I read it in college. I never finished the series. I think I read the first three. I read the either first one, two, three, maybe four. And I didn't stop for any particular reason. Something else just maybe the summer yeah, hit. Something caught my attention. Way. I just never went back. Now, so I have an understanding of the Dark Tower story in my yeah. head. It's, it's I'm years separated from it. Yeah. And this movie's gone through a lot of problems. I mean, they, they were originally going to try to make it a hybrid between a movie and a television series with Ron Howard overseeing it all. That would have been much better. But anyway. And that fell through. And it has it has good actors. This version, yes. Yes. With, Matthew McConaughey's in this movie. And Idris Elba. Idris Elba's in this movie. Um, Tom Taylor's the young kid, Jake, that's in this movie. Um Jackie Earl Haley, who you probably don't recognize the name, but I promise you he's been in everything. Rorschach. Yep. You, you'll, you'll, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So a decent cast, uh, a great source material, great source material that's beloved and huge fan base all over the world. Um, and this movie just did not hit the mark, Adam. So, so why? What's it's, going on here? It's such a weird approach to the material. I mean, so we knew ahead of time it was going to be a quasi-sequel. 
a reboot. Well, no, I mean they're they were, uh, they were starting after the yeah the gunslinger and the man in black face off many many times. Yes, they're in a cycle, and some marketing material told us ahead of time that the gunslinger was starting with an artifact that he had at the end of the books. So this okay. was the next cycle following the book. Well, so, uh, and what was the artifact? He had a horn. He never used it in the movie. <laughs> I mean, it was just an Easter egg. Okay. The horn has no impact on this movie. Right. But apparently he's carrying it around, so there's your Easter egg that it's starting again. Oh, boy. But they've changed the fundamental story now. Yeah. In that they made it like a young adult adventure because they're focusing on Jake. Jake is the main character in this movie. And my other complaint with the movie... Now, now, before I get into the whole the, the details of my complaints with this movie, um, if you don't want to be spoiled, then you need to stop listening to this podcast because this movie is just bad. And when we get a really bad movie that we hate or we don't like very well, we generally just talk about some elements of the movie that we didn't like. Now, I, will try, I promise you I won't go into a lot of detail, but there's some things that just drove me nuts. First of all was my initial reaction. I did not see it with the gang. I didn't see it with the Thursday night group. So I had no preconceived idea, no bias from you guys whatsoever. And uh, I, I purposely didn't tell you because we saw it before you and I didn't want to right. give you any feedback that might yeah. have you go in with a preconception. Yeah. And so I remember walking out of the theater and my first thought was that movie was not the Dark Tower. And then secondly... The acting performances, at least Idra's uh, performance, was very well acted. But it just was a terrible movie. It's like you have a good cast, great source material, and you change the movie to the point where it's not anything resembling except for a very surface level. Characters. Yeah, characters. The same shadow. The shadow is similar, but it's it's totally different movie. And um, I just thought it. you hit it right on the head again. It became a young adults. You know, the kid was the focus. And it's all about him being the superpower kid that's got the power to bring down the tower or to save the world, blah, blah, blah. Nothing, you know, I just was so disappointed with this movie. They changed so many silly things. I mean, if I recall correctly, in the books, there are beams that are holding up the Dark Tower. And in this story, for some reason, this just feels like studio notes. They changed it so the man in black is now shooting beams at the Dark Tower to bring it down. Yes. And he's using kids with The Shining, which they're just trying to bring all the Stephen King universe together. That's not in any of the books to fuel the psychic attack. Right. Yeah. And the biggest offense I think it makes is that it takes the man in black away from being a chaotic (coughs) wanderer, force of nature, kind of evil. You don't know where he's going to show up. And they literally give him a base of operations with henchmen. He has so many people working for him in this sort of headquarters. He becomes a corporate evil overlord. Bureaucrat. Bureaucrat, yes. That just happens to have the power to say a word and kill you instantly. That's what just just shocked me seeing this because he has 15, 20 people working for him in his headquarters. They're manning computers and systems like a Stargate. (laughs) And I sat there and I thought, I mean, he's a wizard. He's sitting at a desk. And like people would have to tell him they're going to lunch. I'm going on lunch. Yeah. I mean, it's an evil office. And I couldn't yes. believe they did that. He, The man in black, um, the he, he, he is a wizard. Loner. A loner and a wizard. He's... he's uh, and it made me think about Lord of the Rings. I mean, we never saw an HR department with Sauron. No. <laughs> but the man in black would have to have one. He actually had employees and coworkers yes. and... And bases of operations. And did you check sector 64948432? And these people are probably drawing on, you know, they're probably getting an IRA working for them. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. retirement. In that, whatever, were, what world were they from, you know? Some suburbia. I remember they showed the kids playing outside. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, you know. Just bad. The movie is just bad. The ending is is, is worse. Yeah. The, There's the, no good action. No good action at all. And very cheap 
uh, special effects at the end and the ultimate battle at the end. And I will say that the ultimate battle, these two face off, no surprise. And they're just moving their hands around in front of a green screen. Yeah. I have, it, it looked like people, I remember, did you ever see seventh son with uh, Jeff Bridges? Uh, yes. Terrible movie. Yeah. But if you remember them trying to cast spells, it looks just like community theater, except Hollywood special effects have been put on there with them waving around or stopping glass or throwing things or reloading guns that aren't there. No thought, no intention behind, if I'm going to cast a spell, this is what I actually need to do. It's wild gesturing. It's just flail your arms in the air and we'll add... You can actually feel the director on the side saying, all right, now catch all the glass and put your hands up and do this. You know, it just looked like I said... it was very poorly directed on that front. The action is just a mess. Yeah, I would have to agree. So. And, you know, you watch this thing, and when you walked out of the theater, did you think there's going to be six more movies? No, it's, I, I This hope does not. nothing towards franchise building. The, the only thing I can hope is that they take this big hot mess and throw it in the trash, and they say, okay, HBO, okay, Stars, okay, Netflix. Ron Howard is going to supervise a... Six series, seven season, you know, docudrama movie, you know, you know, uh, series. Put this in eight to ten episodes for each book, and you have something there. The, the, never has it been a better case for a serial or a, or a TV show versus a movie. Here, it, oh, it was just so bad. But uh, see, I'd like to see the story told correctly, but I feel like we're going to need to wait a decade or two before anyone will take an attempt again. Because even if they made even if HBO opened the checkbook and said, let's do a Dark Tower series, the damage is done. Yeah, yeah. The public is going to think it's a continuation of this, which they had no interest in in the first place. Plus, the studios, they, they're just going to see the box office performance as saying, oh, America never wanted yep. it anyway. They never self-blame. No, no. N- never that they... It's just they, the American audiences didn't Never want they Dark put Tower. a piece of trash out, you know. It's it's just, well, they just American audiences just don't get it, blah, 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 blah. And I don't think worldwide audiences are getting it either. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's sad, but we would just move on. Yeah, and it's a bummer all the way around. I mean, this is a franchise I would have liked to see through completion. I didn't finish the books. So, you know, once part four hit, I'd be in the dark and I'd be excited about it. If this was good, this is something I'd want every two yeah. years. Yeah. Now, could they write the ship with a sequel, with this cast maybe? If they brought in new writer, new director, this isn't, I mean, box office-wise, it'd be a disaster to do a sequel, but they could fix this. Yes. I, yeah, I, I think they could fix it, but I don't think anyone's going to give them the chance. The American audiences aren't studios, not No. So I guess that other thoughts about the dark tower. I mean, you know, it wasn't the worst movie I saw all summer, but this might've been the biggest disappointment for me. It was the biggest disappointment of the year because I really had high hopes but but they kept delaying any kind of trailer, any kind of pre-screening, any kind of, and I and you know no, no movie poster, nothing until like sixty days or something before release date. And I was like, it just smelled. I was sniffing out like this don't this don't smell good. Like something's really going to be bad here. Yeah, and honestly, now that we've seen the movie, there was no trailer you could have cut from this. No. To be super engaging. Nope. You would have just had to do no context, just action scenes and music. In a trailer, not explain the story, but yeah. So, well, I guess that's two thumbs down, two non recommendations, right? I think Stephen King's going to get redeemed because it. <laughs> okay, we got coming attractions coming up. It's right around the corner. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, wa- I'll save that for our coming attractions. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up for the Dark Tower. Let's take a real quick break, and we'll wrap up the show this week with coming attractions. You're listening to. The Film Coterie. All right, and we are back. And it's coming attractions time. We're going to talk about what's coming up, what we have to look forward to. And next weekend, I'm going to be doing something, Adam, I have never done before. And it's my fault. 
And it is your fault. I'm going to a con. We are going to be at Days of the Dead Louisville. Uh, it's our first appearance there. I've done Horror Hound. I've not done Days of the Dead. Yep. So this is a horror convention. Well, it's more than that. It's horror, wrestling, tattoos. tattoos. Yeah. A lot of things going on. Yeah. Um, tickets are still available. They're going fast is what they've been saying on Facebook. And this might be the, just a free plug. This might be the last weekend to get the discounted advance tickets. Yep. So we'll be there. We have a booth. Uh, we're looking forward to meeting some people. Yes. And we'll have some fun Come stuff going on. Come up and say hi if you're living, the, if you're at the con and you've checked us out. And if, if you haven't. Come up and say hi anyway. We'll be doing the Monster Mash, which yep. we've come up with a tournament bracket of horror icons that are going to battle through your votes, and we're going to see who's going to come out on top. Yep. We're going to have our exciting other things, some other giveaways as well, too. And it's just going to be fun to set up a booth, shake people's hands, say hi, uh, ask them about what movies they like, why they're here, those kind of things. And then we'll probably... Probably next week, early in the week, you're going to get a preview, Days of the Dead preview. Yep, early in the week we'll have a a mini preview episode. And then the following week, at some point in time, we're going to probably do three mini podcasts, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, kind of a three-day wrap-up, You know, kind of talking about each day, what did we go see, what did we like, what were some of the interactions we we had. Uh, And we'll talk more about that in our Days of the Dead uh, preview next week before we go. So. We'll talk about why Gary Busey came into our room in the middle of the night and surprised us. Hey, you never know what happens. He's the wild card in the hotel. You just never know what's going to happen with Gary Busey. But uh, yeah, and then uh, so what movies do we have to look forward to in the weeks to come, Adam? Well, we're we're very close to September, so we're just going to jump right to there. Yep, the big one is it. The first time that Pennywise the Dancing Clown has been on cinema screens because the Tim Curry one was made for TV and still scared everyone as a TV movie. That I'm going to tell you right now, that trailer scared the pants off me tonight. That's the second trailer. Both trailers for this movie have been very well, good. I, I didn't watch the first. I couldn't watch the first trailer. Well, I, I take that back. I watched that trailer to a certain point when the clown comes out of the water and then my eyes were shut and covered. And then the second time they showed the trailer, I didn't watch any of it. And then tonight I thought, I'm going to brave it out. Oh, my gosh, it is so scary. So this is very ironic because I like some classic horror and I like some suspenseful horror. Um, I love monster movies, those kind of things. And I even like Stephen King horror. You know, I like his suspense kind of horror that he does. Um, And I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Well, first, it's very funny. I'm going to a a horror convention. If my friends, my friends... (laughs) find out i'm going to a horror convention they're gonna laugh at me because this wouldn't be typically a a con i would go to but you know i'm excited about it but i have this sneaky feeling i'm gonna get this 80s kind of vibe you know throwback goonies whatever kind but yet it's real scary at the same time i think i might end up actually liking this movie it even though i'm really scared to go see it just to be honest with you people are going to be seeing it soon um, some early screenings are happening. The buzz is very positive. And, I mean, they're going to start shooting the sequel. It's not really a sequel. It's a second part. Right. Cause it's the, a two-parter. Yeah. They, they fight it twice. Once as children, once as adults. So this part is just the children facing against it. And it looks like it's set retro back in the mm-hmm. 80s, 90s, somewhere in there. And and somebody could say, well, you know that's not real. How could you get scared? Why would you get scared? I, I know it's not real. I know those things. I know they're really not possessed clowns and all that stuff. But daggone it, the, the, you got the dark theater and you got the music and you got the suspense and when is he going to jump out? You know, so it's, I, I know that's why Adam loves horror films. It's, there's, that, there's a little bit of adrenaline rush that goes on where you're like. It's so fun to see with a big crowd because everyone's going through it at the same time. People jump and laugh. It, it builds up nervous energy in you and it releases. It's just kind of a cathartic experience. Yeah. Now, one kind of cool thing they're doing is that uh, the youngest Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård, is playing Pennywise. And they use a little bit of CG to make his eyes never line up. His eyes are wonky. If you if you look, Pennywise's eyes are not focused. Okay. It's just a little extra creepy thing that he has a wonky eye. Oh, great. Okay. So it is coming out. Adam's very looking forward to it. I'm going in with trepidation. Uh, 
the uh, Tom Cruise movie. That Tom looks Cruise movie, American yeah. Made, where American he's the made. CIA drug mule. So we'll see. You know, that could be really good or just another typical Tom Cruise fare. You know, it feels different, which is why I'm hopeful. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after the Mummy. So then, probably the most polarizing movie in September, because I know you and Matt loved the first one, and I hated the first one, and that's the Kingsman. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah. It. And so it's going to be really interesting, that podcast, after we see The Kingsman, how that turns out. So. Same creative crew behind it, director, writers, yep. everything the same. So, um, Yeah, we have Mother and American Assassin, Lego, Ninjago. So a lot of, a lot of It's stuff. a big September because yeah. they're, they're predicting it to be in the 50s, which is high for R-rated horror. And then, you know, Lego movie, Ninjago is going to make a fortune. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's a lot of good stuff to look forward to. So anything else? That's it for me. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of The Film Coterie. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Stay tuned. Very shortly, in a few days, we're going to release our Days of the Dead Con Louisville pre- uh, Days of the Dead is where horror comes to party. That's their tagline. So me and Adam will be partying in Louisville during this horror con and we'll meet some wrestlers and some tattoo people should be exciting fun i think we'll make some memories so that preview show will be early next week and then you'll get daily recaps of the con and then it and then it the very next week so some fun podcasts you're going to get a lot of material over the next few weeks so thanks for listening to us uh, and i think that's it that's it for me all right we'll see you next time on the film coterie